0: So this so Simon introduce yourself this is tech Hoops guy you know, I, I just mentioned to you we've got uh, Texas Tech red Raidersports.com, sports.com kind of the rivals uh, affiliate um, and some some of our members would would love to to hear from you and uh, you know you got an awesome website that's I've kind of been badgering you for some time now ever since I think you got on Twitter uh, been, been messaging you uh, about your site and was you know I, I like to, to bet on sports I think people on on Reddit or sports know that about me. And so that's what drew me to your website at first. And I I was, uh, you know, I kind of had some questions for you like over time uh, thinking I was going to be stumping you, not not necessarily stumping you, but just trying to get a better understanding of of what your website was trying to do. And every one of your answers just were like, blew me away. It's like, okay, a lot of time was spent into uh, creating shot quality. So tell us about it.
1: Of course, yeah. Um, Just origin story. I was calculating quality of shots by hand for the Colgate basketball team, number ninth in the net raking currently. Shout out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was calculating the quality of shots by hand for them last season. It was just an exhaustive, tedious process. And I found a way December-ish time to automate this process. And once I could do that, I knew I had something here because clearly it was valuable to Colgate team. So I knew it could be valuable to college basketball. And then Quarantine came around. I had a lot of free time. I just come back from the Sloan Conference in Massachusetts, which I actually got COVID from. So screw, yeah. screw the Sloan Conference. <laughs> a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah. But at least I had it then. Um, and then had some free time. Started working on shot quality, and I was just able to automate it for all of college basketball. And then from then, it's just, I guess. Uh, proliferated and uh, reached the the likes of Texas Tech fans, which which yeah. I love to see, which I love to see.
0: <laughs> so, did you have any any gamblers come up to you at the Sloan
1: Conference? So, at that point, I I, I was just a no but, like I was just like I had like an Excel spreadsheet with past Colgate games. I didn't have anything right. that was like even like representative of shot quality at that point. So, I didn't really have anything to show, honestly.
0: And you you've done some work for Colgate, the basketball program.
1: Yeah, yeah. So freshman, sophomore year, I honestly did a lot more uh, because I just had more free time. But then this season, I'm just trying to build it out and get as many NCAA teams involved. So it's a little, it's a little tough to do the same work that I was doing.
0: And so, for anybody who has not seen the website, it's, it uh, has some, you know, kin palm vibes to it, but it's it's really, you know, kin palm to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's more about like what did happen, you know, what happened. Uh, and, and Whereas your website is more about what should have happened or maybe. A better way to say would happen, uh, you know, in the future, moving forward, Um, and so it's got, you know, there's more kind of player specific, but just for each team, there's an offensive number and a defensive number, and it's a uh, kind of an estimate of, uh, you know, offensively points per possession what they would score uh, against maybe an average team. Is that right? Yep. And then defensively, what they would allow against an average team, and then there's the net, which would be your, how each team is ranked. And, you know, tech has kind of been, uh, towards the top for for the most part, uh, since it's, since this enough games have been played, uh, or since I've been following it. Um, and so to me, and this is, so I started tracking it, right. And I was kind of communicating with you, um, for, for gambling, you know, I would, I would, uh, use your, uh, projections, um, For each team, kind of assign my own home court advantage and then kind of do some things that I like to do to the numbers, just in terms of uh, regress, you know, using the market like the current line. Uh, And it was just uncanny. And I was reporting my progress to you as it was going on, how the line would move towards your numbers. Uh, And it was almost across the board. Um, And yeah, so just stated differently, if. Simon's numbers were, you know, a team should be should win by six, and the line opened at three. It was going to close about four, five, or six. You know, it was going to move towards your number, Uh, and that's kind of where I started realizing there really might be something here. uh, As far as you know, what your your numbers were, uh, it really kind of piqued my interest, and uh, and so ever since then I've kind of been in constant uh, communication with you. Um, So look, look, you know, I want to I want to challenge something though, because this is something that I've I've talked to you some, it's called shot quality. And to me, it's, that is a, a bit inaccurate. I think it's, it's more possession quality. What, what, yep, that's true. That's okay. true. Uh, Cause what, what I think someone might see when they look at your numbers, uh, say tech is, you know, I think tech is in the top nine, we're in the top 3% uh, on offense in terms of shot quality. Okay. Uh, I, and if you did, you know, like Jordan Sperber, uh, people who kind of college hoops fans will, will know who that is. Uh, he has a way of kind of valuing shots, giving a, a, a point value to a team's shots that they've taken. And Tech has always been towards the bottom. You know, uh, we don't take, a you know, like our rim and three rate, which you measure. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of shots that are at the rim or from three. We take a lot of mid-range twos. And so I think that has punished us uh, from Spurber's standpoint. When he's mat- measuring the value of our shots, uh, and so you can your your site your numbers have a way of of um, kind of accounting for things that happen after the shot or or maybe before like a foul.
1: Um, exactly. So yeah, it's not just like you said. It's not technically shot quality. It's possession quality. I actually never thought of it that way. Maybe I should change the name of the LLC based off this conversation. Um <laughs> I think shot quality is catchy. More catchy. It's, it's it is more catchy. Yeah. But yeah, so nah. foul probability, offensive rebound probability, like these are significant factors that impact the quality of offense and defense of each team. So just looking at just the the possessions that Tech is getting on a mid range two, that wouldn't be indicative of what they will do for the rest of the season because. Just because they take a lot of mid-range too doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad college basketball team. Like, like obviously there's so much more to it. It's based off the percentages of each player in each area. Like I said, foul probability, offensive rebound probability, and all these things combined um, to really extrapolate the numbers on the site.
0: so I think having been a Chris Beard fan and followed Chris Beard for for a long time, yeah, you know, his teams have a have a certain way of, of playing, um, and, and in the sense of kind of. Tempo, you know, he wants, and I think the way he describes it is, he wants our guys to take an expected shot, something that is within the offense, uh, because if he, in his opinion, if if somebody takes a shot that's within the offense, the other four guys know he's about to take that shot, and so the the crashers will will start going to the offensive glass, the get back guys will start getting back on defense, and you know, I, I think shot quality, uh, your site has a way to you know more accurately measure in offense or a team like tech uh, because we might take a kind of a mid-range two that just on the, you know, from 50,000 feet, looks like a bad shot. Uh, but if, if it's an expected shot, if our guys that are getting back get back and our guys are crashing crash, we might get the offensive rebound. If we don't, we got guys back. They're not going to get much in transition. And it, and you look at Chris Beard teams over the years uh, we Transition defense has been something that we've just been incredible at. I think kind of rode it to almost to a national championship team. Um, And that specific team would, you know, you look at a graph from Jordan Sperber or someone else will say, well, they're taking bad shots. I bet your numbers would have, would have had that national championship team rated pretty high. Uh, So I think that is, you know, interesting. I think it's kind of like, you know, from a coach, from a coaching standpoint or from Chris Beard's standpoint, your numbers would be kind of the king of, of anyone's because it's accounting for literally everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is the goal because I feel like a lot of analytics and like the perception of analytics is like pigeonholed into this idea, which I guess I'm kind of fall victim to this because I have a rim and three rate on the site, but like, you can only take rim and three shots, like no short mid range, no long mid range. Like there are legit examples of players in college basketball where their short mid range is like, 40% 40% more efficient when they take a catch and shoot three. Like there are weird examples of stuff like that. Like, and I, I think that's where college basketball coaches, like old school coaches just hate analytics because they see the value of like shots that just go beyond rim and three. And, and I think there is something to that. And especially with the site, I think uh, helps optimize that for sure.
0: And I feel like those that are kind of more slow to come around, I feel like it's a you know, your site above all, you know, like I've been like I was saying, would should resonate with them because because yeah. you are, exactly. a difference. Uh, you know, so someone might say that you know, just this catch and shoot three is worth X amount of points, where so much more valuable than you know, this mid range shot. Um, but but your numbers are, are accounting for those other things, uh, such as how likely you are to get fouled, uh, you know, offensive rebound rate, and then and then but baked into that is some defensive numbers too, because if you're just running
1: exactly, yeah,
0: packing up a three. Uh, yeah, those might be higher quality shots, but what does that do to your defense? These, these long rebounds, you know, somebody may not know that somebody's about to be jacking up the shot and it affects your defense. Uh, and so it's, it's, I think it's interesting, you know, that uh, tech has fared so well, both last year and this year in your numbers, because I might be crazy. I think Chris Beard knows what he's doing. You know, I, I don't think, you know, he's designed an offense that uh, is not as mathematically sound, you know, as maybe like Nate Oates someone who's doing something a little bit different. Uh, but, again, you know, your numbers kind of show that Tech is doing something valuable uh, offensively. Um, and I, I, it'd be interesting. So as, have you had any contact with the Tech basketball program?
1: I have not, actually. I, so I have, like, I have a bunch of teams in the big – like, I've been in contact with West Virginia, Baylor, Texas. Texas and TCU are the only two that purchased. But I've been in contact with almost more. in you know, Iowa State. I've been in, I've been in contact with more than half of the Big trouble, but not uh, not Texas Tech yet. No.
0: What did I listened to? Another what did uh, Shaka Smart tell you? Didn't he he have a he call you one time say?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. He basically said like, um, when you go big, watch out for us little guys. So, yeah. so a quote like that. It was it was one of the most surreal things anyone's ever said to me in my entire life. Cause like I'm just looking up to this guy like on TV for like last like 15 years watching college basketball. So that was a pretty crazy quote, honestly.
0: And I, I see where he's coming from because I'm you know, people who may not know like Ken Palm, how much of an effect his numbers have had on the gambling markets in the you know, like the lines have just become almost like a mirror image of Ken Palm. and then they just yeah. kind of Change from there based on like injury news or you know things that are random like weird schedule effects and uh, it's my opinion that then what you're doing is going to it's it's already having that effect or it will eventually have a kin Palm you know like effect uh, on on the gambling lines and it's you know it's easy for me to say from from my perspective but to me coaching scouting and and gambling th- there's so much overlap it's just all three of them are trying to figure out what should happen. You know, the next time we play what should happen and, and uh, trying not to get you know, results oriented and, and letting biases come in from maybe a previous uh, effect, you know, what your opinion would be because uh, you know, some like, just for instance, this past tech Baylor game, I think there was some kind of uproar because uh, you've got tech winning that game more often than, than Baylor. And we, you know, of course, I think we lose by 20 points. Uh, so, so can you break down? I mean, seems pretty easy. They they made a lot of threes. Is it is there anything beyond them just making, and specifically Teague, yeah, you know, making more threes than you would have than you would expect moving forward? That cause that?
1: I mean, I, I don't know if you saw my tweet today, but there was something where basically Teague's performance yesterday was the fifth luckiest performance out of a player in college basketball this entire season. So it was essentially like the fifth luckiest out of 70,800 occurrences. So like if I was summing it up, I would say yes, when a player hits 10 out of 12 threes and he's a 34% three-point shooter, like that's probably one of the most aberrant performances I've like seen, especially right. on nationally televised uh but more than that, even Jared Butler, like he had 18 points and was only supposed expected to have 12. Like that's a big difference. Davion Mitchell had 17, was only supposed to have 12. Like and these numbers are based off each of these individual players' areas and how will they do on shots in each of these areas. And those top three guys all outperformed their expectation by such a significant amount. I was not surprised to see uh, Tech being expected to win. And I know Tech fans are so pissed at me because this happens so much. But, like, I mean, I, I have, no, I have no control. I didn't even want to post this game. I, I, I was bombarded on Twitter. I, I literally didn't want to post it because I knew they were going to get pissed. But, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think you said uh, big 12 opponents this year shot 38.3% from three against tech. I think that's maybe four or 5% higher than maybe a na- like national average or something. So it's, yeah, I think it has happened a lot. I think teams are just making shot, making threes at a higher rate than, than normal against us. Is that yep. in, probably the reason there?
1: Um, yeah. In this particular game. Yes. I'm trying to figure out season wide why, um, no, I because a lot of times what I do is like when I'm looking for like a reason where teams are due for positive regression negative regression is just based off the differences and like you said like the expected three-point percentages for the team compared to the actual so the three-point percentages the defensive side actually lines up pretty well and the offensive side lines up pretty well so this is like kind of a strange team why they would be due for positive regression um, Could be just a not game sure. basis right Maybe one, yeah one obviously. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because yeah.
0: yeah, if you have you know 20 games and the team shoots their average, but in 10 of those are crazy high above average and 10 are crazy below, that's not ideal, all right, because you're going to be probably losing some of those 10 above. Exactly. Um, yeah, and
1: that inconsistency could obviously be very painful when it comes to March Madness time and tournament time, obviously.
0: So what, do you have a – are using your numbers, are you able to kind of get a handle on um, like – Percentage chance of winning the, the tournament for each team, or would you be able to yeah, do that? So
1: I just baked that in like literally today. Um, I don't really have real numbers, but like, I mean, honestly, it, like, percent chance of each team winning that's a great set. I didn't do that today, I just basically simulated the bracket today, um, like what it would be, but I haven't even looked into what you just said. That That's what I should look into. Um, each team's <laughs> percent chance. I'll I'll release that tomorrow. I think I'm gonna. I'll tweet that out because that's a really good idea.
0: So I'll tell you now that there are some markets available where you could bet Gonzaga to win, and they would need a 28% chance of winning for that to be a break-even bet. So it seems like they've got a better chance than 28, in my opinion. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. Right now, I have I basically on the site have Gonzaga, Baylor, and Iowa actually tiered like they are the three best teams in terms of like overall shot quality and then there's a little drop off to Illinois and then another tier and then it's Creighton, Oklahoma, Tech, Tennessee, Michigan.
0: Um, okay, let's see. Yeah, so I that's sounds like 28% I need to be I need to be betting that Gonzaga higher than 28% chance. There's also there's also one I think that's low. It's got a Gonzaga Baylor combo. Uh, and their break even is forty four percent. So if they have a better than forty four, someone needs to be betting that. Any any thoughts there?
1: Uh, I don't have thoughts yet, but let me release this thing. I'll send it to you, and then then you then you send out the bet. Just just wait. I I, I got a wrap it my guy. <laughs> and,
0: and just hope it won't. We'll, yeah, I need to know because when you post it, then the lines are probably going to be moving. <laughs>
1: uh, Maybe I'll DM it to you first. Maybe I'll DM it to you first.
0: And so in the. Another thing you know, that, that I had asked you about is uh, like shot clock data, you know. And I'm curious, like to me, if you're if you're looking from a Texas Tech standpoint, I think if you asked Chris Beard, uh, a, a player, someone who can create a shot that's worth X, okay, if someone can do that um, with five seconds on the shot clock versus twenty when when they've kind of in transition, maybe uh, he would value the the guy who can operate late clock more and I think most college basketball coaches would would agree with that uh does your you know does your site account for anything um shot clock data wise like later in the clock or earlier in the clock
1: so I actually don't have anything that specific on like shot clock that I just know when it's like a end of the shot clock type shot but honestly for tech like Mac McClung seems like the perfect like example of that just like end of shot clock like I right, let's take a tough mid-range shot, but like I know he's going to hit it at a certain rate, just because that—that's kind of shot maker he is. So that makes sense that uh, Beard would value that.
0: And so when Tech, you know, Texas Tech played Buffalo, you know, I think Nate Oates, who's at Alabama, grades out pretty well on your side. Right? Is that fair?
1: Yeah, no. they are are like I think they're actually a little worse than Kem right now, or like their national. Just because they're playing a little over their heads, I think but at the beginning of the year it was the opposite where they were like sucking. And like my site knew that they were a really good team. And now at this point, it basically thinks that they're worse than they're playing. If that makes sense.
0: I got you. And so he had a similar kind of philosophy at Buffalo, right? he had like yep. uh, kind of positionless guys. They took a lot of threes. They had a bunch of shooters and they took a lot of you know uh, shots at the basket too. Uh, and were a great team. I think that core, that he had at Buffalo, their record was just unbelievable. It, it's something that's probably as good as anybody, uh, their their three or four year run. And so they played tech played them in uh I guess it was a round of 32 uh, in Tulsa. And so when i was looking at that at the game, I'm I'm seeing you know we took all of our shots with like you know between five and 10 seconds on the shot clock. Whereas Buffalo was taking them 20 20 on, on the shot clock or more. Uh, everything was in transition, and I just know from from watching Tech that we we don't just allow teams to take a three with twenty three seconds on the shot clock. It's just you know that it's part of our uh, it was part of that team's kind of DNA uh, of of having this real methodical pace and and approach on offense that kind of allowed us to keep everything in front on defense and and bog teams down. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I'm curious. You know what? What could your yeah uh, you know, when in these matchup specific times, you know type of games where it's you know te- that tech team versus that Buffalo team like something had to give there you know we uh, they were either going to get their shots or they weren't and they were going to be playing a, a game that was totally different than everything else that they played to that point and that's what happened I mean that they uh, we could have beat them by thirty or forty points if if we wanted to in that game uh, you saw that that was kind of the the uh, inspiration for that for that question is. Um, it's kind of the one thing I think uh, that someone would have to do uh, to your numbers to try to in a matchup specific type type game uh, is try- trying to you know, equalize the, you know, these varying styles uh, between teams you know, especially like in the
1: tournament. That's so funny you say that because literally like that's why I have a feature on if you go to the prediction page and you click on the t- I don't know if you've looked at this before if you click on the prediction page and see both teams I have like a five stat description on each team like the five things each teams do really well and each teams do really poorly. Cause I think that that allows the ability for someone like that to adjust the line, whatever I have, let's say a team's a great offensive rebounding team going up against the worst defensive rebounding team in the country. Like that's, that might have a significant impact on the line that I can't account for at this point in time. So maybe that's something you should bake in. Like that's exactly why I have that on the site actually.
0: Uh, so earlier in the year, you know, t- with with Chris Beard uh, and tech teams we have not we've not under Beard have not really had a kind of a, a post guy that we played through yeah you know, like we throw into the post and and um, run offense through him uh, and this year we got got Marcus Santos Silva uh, Virginia Commonwealth transfer um, it's kind of the first first center that I think Beard has been comfortable playing through and earlier in the in the season, there were some kind of some warts there, uh, and it wasn't really his Marcus's fault. I think it was just you know we were not used to playing through the post. It's a skill, right? Like feeding the post and getting it to him in a in a good spot. Uh, and Beard would you know in press conferences just harp on how much you know he wanted us to continue doing that, even if it wasn't you know producing uh, against teams that we could have done other things. Like like Mac off the dribble uh, could have produced a higher quality shot than forcing it through Marcus. Uh, And so then over, you know, fast forward a couple months, looking at your numbers, uh, Marcus Santos Silva has the highest, like quote unquote good possession rate uh, among like, you know, qualifying guys, guys with enough possessions. Uh, I think he's got like, you know, 41% of the time he has offensive possession. So, um, you know, what, the things that are accounting for that, um, is it, is it like, you know, Marcus taking a shot, getting a, getting the ball in the post, he's either going to be kicking it out to a guy for a three, which is going to grade out well on your side. He's going to be uh, putting up a, a, a shot close to the basket, and since he's a, a guy that makes shots close to the basket, that's going to grade out well. Um, is there also some some effect of, you know, we have a higher chance of uh, getting an offensive rebound and getting fouled, you know, when when he is taking a shot, uh, you know, in the paint?
1: Yeah, so that's a big one. I'd say the biggest reason, honestly, first of all, when he gets the ball in the post, he does not turn it all over that much, that often. But his right block and left block, just like typical jump hook, like shot in that area is actually not great. Like if we're grading out, like I, if you go more in depth into the site, like his right block post up and his left block post up are both in the 30th percentiles of post ups. So that's not great, but it's when he actually faces the hoop from a post-up and attacks, the then he's in the 80th percentile of like face-ups attacks from a post. So that's gotcha. probably that's where he's most efficient. And then and then putbacks as well. He's obviously pretty solid at. Um, but the yeah, it's that and the and the lack of turnovers is probably why he's so high on the good possession rate for sure. And I think I have to change the good possession rate next season, actually, because I don't like the fact that bigs are overvalued to small guys um, just because they, they have like less opportunity to turn it over. I think that's a little dumb. I think next year I'll probably change that.
0: That makes sense. Um, so with uh, another thing on your, on your side, I think that makes it uh, uniquely uh, suited to kind of highlight what Chris Beard wants, you know, his, his vision of, of basketball. And, and he, he calls it dribble, pass, shoot. He wants five guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, and they tend to be kind of smaller than, than a traditional team. Uh, but what, what your site does, is it's got a, uh, a, a component where it estimates assists, not assists that you actually had, but should have had, uh, kind of like shot quality assists. And you, when you look at a, a, a curse beer team, like some, most teams have real dominant guys that, that get all the shot quality assists, you know, actual assists and project, you know, predictive assists. Whereas with tech, it's very evenly distributed. You know, I think everybody, we don't have anybody that should get more than two or three a game, but we've got about five or six guys that are kind of right at two per game. Uh, and so I think that is something that's, uh, you know, on your site that's unique. I've never really seen that anywhere else. Uh, and it does kind of highlight another thing that, you know, something that Chris Beard believes is important, that uh, it's just hard to kind of quantify, but yet, you know, your site is taking a stab at it.
1: Yeah, maybe Chris Beard should uh, get my phone number and, and get, get shot quality going for the tech program.
0: <laughs> yeah, so what, what would you offer? What kind of, you know, like, what, what's your pitch to a college coach? How can you help a, a program?
1: I think it's just understanding, like, the, the simplest pitch about it is just, like, understanding the difference of shit they beat the crap out of us tonight compared to the fact that, oh, they got lucky and we got unlucky because heading into the post-game locker room, like, it is so hard to discern. Like, I guess you could subjectively say, like, I think we got good shots tonight, but I'm not positive. But to actually get objective numbers to reinforce that fact is huge for college coaches post game. And then obviously, I have like the breakdown of every shot, uh, players' best and worst areas. So it's honestly just like a overall tool for optimizing shot selection, I guess you could say.
0: So from a, would you would you think it's more valuable from a self scouting or? Opponent
1: scouting or, or opponent scouting, yeah, it's the same thing. So, like, let's say Tech is playing. I think they're playing Texas on Thursday, right? Um, how can we take away Texas's four best shots? Like when um, when Greg Brown, Greg Brown's in a pick and roll, or Sims is in a pick and roll, or how can we take away? How can we force more the Matt Coleman off the dribble threes? I don't know, just random yeah. examples right now. But yeah, just like taking away the best and worst for other teams. Cool.
0: Well, hey, this was great. I think we've only got uh, like a minute more uh, on my Zoom that I, that I set up. But uh, you know, as the tournament goes on, we would love to have you you know back on. Maybe produce some uh, preview, a tech weekend uh, for the for the NCAA tournament or or something like that. I really appreciate you.